0: at mikecrock.com forward slash book that's mike c-r-o-c.com forward slash book go get yourself a copy and subscribe to the what are you made of podcast on itunes spotify or your favorite podcast platform if you like watching these it's available on youtube at my channel mike c-rock Scirocco. now enjoy the show Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of? with your boy, the unstoppable, Mike Rock. I'm in the house today with my friend, Nikki Trott, all the way. She's a nomad, by the way. She's in Berlin right now. Not Berlin, Maryland, where I live, but Berlin in Europe, Berlin, Germany, right?
1: Yep, that's it.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the show, Nikki. I'm going to introduce you now and then I'll ask you the favorite question I have for all of my guests. But Nikki is the co-founder, CEO of Conscious Accelerator, which helps conscious entrepreneurs unlock their impact and success changing the world through profit of purpose. Her podcast, Going Conscious, explores transformations to fulfillment and freedom with visionary entrepreneurs and academics and is listened to in over 30 countries. So that's global right there. Nikki is also a wellness company board member, startup and charity advisor, serial entrepreneur, speaker, and podcast guest, as you know, because she's on my show, expert brand strategist and certified transformation coach. Nikki, listen, I'm so happy to have you here, but to all the guests, just I want to thank you to all of you for being here. Thank you for all of your support of the What Are You Made Up and for purchasing my book and making it a bestseller, Rocket Fuel. If you haven't gotten a copy, go get that, Become Unstoppable, and read the forward by none other than Grant Cardone himself. So Nikki, the question I ask all my guests to start the show is right here, what are you made of?
1: What am I made of? Well, my intuitive answer has to be energy. I think for the first 30-something years of my life, I definitely felt like I was very much an individual and going around with my mission and my head down and my ambition. Then I started to understand the energetic connection that we have with everyone around us. And that completely changed the way I live and do business. So I'd say energy today.
0: Energy. All right. Love that. So let's dig it a little deeper. What do you mean by that?
1: I mean by the frequency and exchange that we have with other people, with those around us, with anything in this world, really, with nature and how that really translates because we're constantly evolving and changing. So I think that we can, in our Western society, sometimes have a very static image of ourselves and not really be aware that we're changing every day.
0: Yeah, there really is no staying the same, is there?
1: No, no, you know, not I even mean, if you try.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's age, which we can't really, we can fight it to an extent by eating right and taking care of our bodies and doing things like taking care, I take care of my face, by the way, now. Um, a <laughs> retinol and toner. And, uh, but anyway, uh, it's kind of funny. Anyway, uh, but yeah, we can fight aging. But then again, the other thing is, is that there's no flat lines on a the graph. There's always up or down, gravity pulls you down. This is something that really resonates with me because this is why I talk about rocket fuel a lot because I want to get into outer space away from gravitational pull. Figuratively, of course, I don't really want to go to outer space, but so yeah, that resonates with me. So can you take us back, take us back to Nikki as a child or far back as you want. And what are some moments that like really, really built you that have gone into making Nikki who she is today?
1: Wow. Good question. Big question. I think something that I always remember that my late mom told me was she didn't want her daughters to be unable to make a decision for themselves. And so she used to ask us, do you want Weetabix or cornflakes? And we'd be tiny little kids. And she would just give us these small decisions to make so that we started to form our own kind of path in the world. And I don't know if that made a difference. I don't know how much it's nature or nurture, but I've always been empowered to create my own path. And, and that's been a really huge part of stepping outside of what might be expected and creating something new and taking that risk.
0: So you'd consider yourself a pretty independent woman?
1: I would, yes. yes, yes.
0: I definitely think that our parents program <laughs> us. For sure, my mom programmed me to be an inspiring leader. And she always said that three to four years old, like, you inspire me so much. You're going to be a leader. You know, I just remember her saying that. So it definitely Beautiful. does. It that de- because you know what? When you're at that age, then when they do that, then everything you think about, talk about, do has to do with the programming that they're giving you. It's like that pushes you in that direction. But I no absolutely love that. So, what is something? And I always talk about that part, which you just mentioned, as far as some kind of uh, inspiration and ingredient. But what is something that you use for fuel? Something that happened to you? Whether somebody did something, something you went through. Some emotional thing, like what, what is something that you still think about today, not to regret or, or get stuck in, but for training or for fuel?
1: I think my fuel is probably not based in the past, but it's about letting go of caring about what anyone thinks. And, you know, when I left my successful fashion business behind and said, okay, I'm, I'm damaging the planet here, I want to do something more positive, and then went to create conscious entrepreneurship world with, with coaching and consulting. I was really scared about what people would think of me. I mean, the thousands of contacts I had around the world were all in fashion and I thought they'd think I'd gone a bit crazy. And so I started to understand that I had to let go of thinking that anyone even thinks about us because normally I think they're too wrapped up in their own world anyway, but also worrying. And that's something I hear again and again and again from my clients that they're, they're thinking, well, what if it fails? What will people say? What if I ruin my reputation? Where we, once we see that everything's just a step, On our journey and a step to success, there is no failure. It's always a lesson. Then, then I think that that's my fuel. It's giving myself permission not to care.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love it. You know, you're hitting the nail on the head because you know if you had if you went as hard as you could at something and then you had to file bankruptcy and you couldn't pay the bills, but you went hard and did everything you could, it just didn't work out, and nobody ever found out about it besides just the creditors, which you don't even know them anyway. Would you really even care? Not that you're a deadbeat, not that you're a deadbeat and not being responsible, but if you did everything you could, and then you still had to do that, if you didn't care what people thought, it wouldn't be even that big of a deal, right?
1: Exactly. And you would have learned, wow, that's something I really don't want to do. These are all the reasons why it did fail. And these are all the things I'm going to do differently next time. And what entrepreneur, what successful person has not had those trip ups along the way? I mean, at any scale, they can be, you know, bankruptcy maybe is, is bigger end of the scale, but we all have things that we think, okay, no, that doesn't work how I thought it would. Okay. How should we evolve? How should we change this?
0: Yeah. And how freeing of a feeling is that when you yeah. do give that up? No, that's great. Great advice.
1: Freedom is my driving value. So I'm, you picked well, up on that.
0: I would say so because uh, <laughs> you told me you're a nomad. So let's get into yeah. that for a second. Like, what does, that, what, what does being a nomad mean to you and why are you doing it?
1: Yeah. Well, to me, it just means not having a fixed home or location. I'm from London and I lived there, worked across London and New York for many years, and then just felt like I was traveling so much on a plane every week and it made no sense to be going to and fro all the time. And I wanted to just find a different pace. So I actually initially moved to Berlin where I lived for a few years and then just realized I don't need to actually be tied anywhere. Why is there this sense of coming back of, okay, I'm going away, but only for three weeks and I'm coming back. And I could just keep going and keep rolling and with the work that I do around conscious entrepreneurship and leadership, there are so many hubs around the world of amazing people in this area. And so I really enjoy actually just flowing. And, and what does it look like? It completely changes. You can imagine with Corona, it's been a bit nuts. Oh, I yeah. spent the first six months in Byron Bay, trapped, <laughs> definitely mm-hmm. by choice. And Where's Byron
0: Bay? Where's that? In
1: Australia. Okay. And it's, it's kind of like the, it's this beautiful place because it's like the hippie capital of Australia, but it's grown up. So they're incredibly, interesting, diverse, successful people there. All of the Hollywood stars are buying houses there now. So I think it's going to change quite quickly, but it's a pretty pretty beautiful place and you can be really connected to nature and you can really channel that into your business. And I really like to find those places where I can combine those two things. But then sometimes I'm somewhere just for a shorter time or you know, visiting where clients are or specific opportunities and flowing and allowing life to guide me.
0: So how do you find the place to go? What is your process?
1: It's very intuitive and it's not planned in advance, which is definitely not the most cost-effective way of doing it. But I like to just feel when it's time to have a change. I got married last year. So my Congrats. husband and I make the decision, thank you, a Corona wedding. So we make our decisions when it feels good. Uh, we just were in Mexico and it was absolutely amazing living in Mazunte on the beach. But at wow. some point I realized I'm not made for 30 degrees every day. I never thought I would be saying it's too Whoa, sunny. And 30, the wait a
0: minute. Wait a minute. Beautiful. 30 degrees, 30 in degrees my, <laughs> Celsius.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. 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 Because what remember American my language. audience,
0: my audience might be thinking that's cold. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what is that? 70 something?
0: Yeah. Um, 70, 80, somewhere in that range. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so, you know, you think you have an idea of paradise. I mean, for me, Mazunte, Mexico is paradise but I couldn't be as productive as I wanted to be in that temperature. So that was one of the reasons we came back to Berlin. It was just too beautiful and hot. So, you know, I think at different times you have different needs. And I I mean, humans have always been nomads, haven't they? So it's definitely not something I'll probably do for my whole life, but I think it's an interesting way to live for a bit bit at least.
0: Yeah. And two more questions on that. One is, you know, when you... Do being, you know, you do do nomading. I don't know if that's when you're a nomad. <laughs> um, like my wife is very into like having a house look the way she wants it to have you know, the, the environment. And you really can't change that in the place that you're staying. So you can't really get attached to a certain thing, right?
1: Yeah. There's exactly. some kind of
0: detachment that has to take place for you to be able exactly. to do it. Exactly.
1: And that's really important. And that's been a big part. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with caring about your environment. I think environment's very important. But that was a big part of my own journey as well, getting rid of 75, 80% of my belongings a good few years ago now, and just really lightening my life and realizing I don't need all this stuff. And I still have nice things and things that I love and things I take and things that I leave. But, you know, it's it's really just a, a way of being more flexible. And I find that then I can still be very intentional about the places I stay and live, but I can get different inspiration from different places. And like you say, without the attachment and Really letting go and and not being caught up in things.
0: Yeah. Think about that for all of you listening. Think about the things in your house that you haven't even looked at, let alone touched or used, that you haven't even looked at in I don't know how long, but yet we still keep it.
1: And it weighs us down. It really psychologically holds us down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, you know, people will call somebody a hoarder really quick, but yet they won't look at their own closets. You know, (laughs) and there is something freeing about going through your closet every so often and cleaning the clothes out that are in there. Even the, Yes, you know, and, uh, I
1: love the the book by Marie Kondo, which I know has been super popular over recent years. But that was something that really helped me to just look at things and say, "Thank you, you brought me joy. There's no more place for you now. Ciao. Enjoy. Someone else can enjoy you. You know." And that helped me to get rid of things that I felt might be sentimental. Of course, I keep very certain very sentimental things, but you know, that one dress you wore every weekend at uni—it was part of you. It's yeah. like okay. I'll never wear it again. It's okay to, to let it go now.
0: <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's shirts in my closet. I'll tell you right now, I'll just be transparent that I'll never wear because I'm like, I always like take them out. Like, should I wear this? Uh, nah, I'm not wearing it. It doesn't look great. Right. And I put it back and I don't, I don't do anything with it. It's like, no, so, nah, I'm not a hoarder. I don't, I don't have a lot of stuff, but it's yeah. just that even just that it's like so stupid, but
1: yeah. We and then the other,
0: it. the other question, when you go someplace, what is your, how, like, tell us about how you go through meeting people and what do you do going about meeting people in that local area?
1: Yeah. So again, it's pretty natural and organic, but normally comes from food. I'm passionate about food, plant-based eating and living. And, and in Mexico, certainly one of the beautiful ways to meet people is just going to great places that had amazing food. And that's where conversation can really naturally come. But yes, I don't do anything specific because also I don't want to have a full calendar like I'm back in London or New York with a a dinner every night. It's important that I have my space and time. So I let things just evolve and come as they do. And always meet people where I live as well.
0: I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book Rocket Fuel is available for sale now at mikecroc.com forward slash book. That's com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. And do you miss the fashion industry at all?
1: I don't. Know. No, I made friends for life, who I love, who will always be with me. But no, I mean, I was working unaligned with my values. So now I still work with fashion brands, but ones who have a purpose, ones which are sustainable or whatever they want to define their purpose as, but they want to have a positive impact on people. And, you know, I think brands are becoming more and more holistic and looking at the bigger picture, education, at other kind of segments. and it's fascinating to be part of that journey. So I don't miss the old way. I look forward to the old way, catching up with the new way.
0: And what about startups? Um, Let's talk about startups. I'm newly in the tech world, and we have a product getting ready to launch. And I don't know if you're involved with tech much, but just startups in general. I mean, there's not a whole whole lot of difference. Business is business, right? What are some things that you focus on when you're working with a startup company that they should really be focused on when they're getting ready to launch?
1: (laughs) Big question. And yes, I I have worked in tech startups as well, although tech is not my focus anymore. But I think, well, really, one of the most important things is having the right team and not hiring too early or too late. And that's something that I help my clients with a lot, because sometimes I can see that that we're tempted to hire a very, very top heavy team that's far too expensive and other times not to hire anyone at all. And so I think really finding the sweet spot um, with giving yourself permission to have the support you need without kind of going into too much at the beginning. And another thing is around branding. Is, as I've been a brand strategist for 15 years, this is also something that's really important that can be overlooked, where sometimes an amazing, talented entrepreneur can have the idea and then they can look at the execution but miss that key step, which is brand, which has never been more important in this world where we have so many touch points and channels for our brand. And so being very strategic about how that works and how that's going to look and feel and sound and be in all of the different channels just saves you so much time later. So that's also something I think is really yeah. important.
0: Yeah. Now, what about the, uh, the balance between having, working really hard on a brand and, a, and an image versus getting and making sure that you're, you're testing the market first, right? Because yeah, yeah. some, some people get too romanticized with their brand and their product without really understanding if it's going to work and then waste all this time and money and resources yeah, on that?
1: Definitely. Yes. And I think that testing and feedback has to be an incredibly important part of the whole process, including the branding process. And you can do it in different stages. It's not like you go and invest in a full you know, FMCG size branding at the beginning, not at all. But it's about just being smart about where you put your dollars and getting feedback at every stage, because that's also another the founder's bias is something which is yeah. really, really difficult, right? Where we think, well, I know it's the right product and they're telling me this, but I heard the other thing that they said because it's better and easier for me. And I've seen that happen, especially in tech companies, because you have such a long product roadmap and you have so much ahead of you that you have to you know, commit to in advance and that you're working towards and you're locked into and that you don't want to undo, that it can also make founders a little bit stuck. And not willing to hear the messages of actually would, would make a lot of sense to change direction. So not that we should just respond to every single input and change, obviously, but I think that that's also something that's an interesting balance and challenge for founders of tech companies.
0: So the number one piece of advice for me leading out to this launch that I'm going into, what would you say the number one piece of advice is?
1: It's hard to say without knowing your challenges, but I think for me, the number one piece of advice is to stay balanced in yourself and to really, you know, Not forget yourself and lose yourself within everything because it can be so crazy. And we can say, okay, just another week like this, just another two, and then you know, it's we all know it's not sustainable when we're we're not looking after ourselves. So I would say, look after yourself.
0: Uh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Stay focused. You know, one thing I do is I pay attention to what I do that works, and as I add things into my life that work and that are advancing me, uh, I make sure I stick with those things. Regardless of what is going on. And, you know, anytime you gain something, you do have to give something up. We talked about that already a little bit. But one thing that, I, that, that has really helped me, and I wanted, I wanted you to talk about this, if you could, is core values and not just core values, but your core purpose, like your one yeah. core purpose that you filter everything through. That's what helped me because it's a binary decision, either towards or away, building, destroying. I talk about this ad nauseum because it's so important that it makes my life easier. So, one, what is your core mission in life right now? which it sounded like it had to do with the word freedom in a way, but I'll let you speak to that. And then also, do you like? are you really conscious of filtering things through that and sticking to that and being strict with that?
1: Oh, I love this. And I love that you used the word filter because that's also what I describe a purpose as. It's a filter for everything in our life. So I, I'm so aligned with your thoughts on that. So freedom for me is my per, one of my personal values. And you mentioned core values. And I think that our personal core values really need to underpin everything that we do. So that, that's one of the values that sits within me. But then my mission in the world is to help conscious entrepreneurs to thrive and profit with purpose so that we can really help drive more and more positive business, making a positive impact on your own life, on the people around you and on the world and the planet. And they're going hand in hand. And we're seeing more and more amazing examples like the Oatly IPO this week. They're just constant examples of how profit you know, really is driven by purpose now in this new world. So helping people to really be able to achieve that
0: is my mission. And if somebody is listening, what does your ideal client look like?
1: My ideal client is somebody who has a vision for something greater than themselves, but knows that they will not compromise on profit or purpose. So they're entrepreneurial, they're visionary, and they don't necessarily know how to make their business really thrive but they know that they are committed to something bigger than themselves.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. And then the other thing is, what do you see yourself from like a year and two years from now? Like, What is the mission that you really want to accomplish specifically?
1: Yeah. Well, for me specifically, I'm growing my podcast, Going Conscious. So continuing to grow that platform so that it becomes profitable. That's one goal. And then another goal is to continue to grow my mastermind transform on purpose where I help lots of conscious entrepreneurs and to bring that to more and more people around the world but you know I know that also our purpose changes and evolves throughout our life and I think that that's also something that's a balance right where we need to be committed to our mission and or purpose and know what it is and be very very clear but at the same time open to it evolving otherwise we'll have blinders on and miss opportunities so I'm interested to see how that will evolve for me personally because it's something I help a lot of clients through.
0: Now live masterminds or is it virtual or a combination or how do you do?
1: Virtual with, I do, a, I have a virtual program and then I provide live support.
0: Oh, awesome. Awesome. Have you done so any live blend. events, live events yet or anything like in person?
1: No, no.
0: Is that an option possibly or no? Yeah,
1: definitely. It's yeah? coming. Yeah. Uh, awesome. It hasn't awesome. been the time.
0: All right. Well, let's get after that, man. Let's do some big ones. I want to see some big things from you on that that You will.
1: I promise. So uh,
0: (laughs) no doubt. No doubt about it. All right. Final question. Before I get into the final question, what's the best way for my audience to engage with you?
1: Yeah. So they can find me on Instagram at Nikki Trot, N-I-K-K-I-T-R-O-T-T, or Clubhouse with the same handle. Otherwise, they can find my website, consciousaccelerator.com, or my podcast, Going Conscious on every platform.
0: Yeah, check it out. Check it out. Have you been on Clubhouse much?
1: I was a lot at the beginning of the year, but now not so much at all.
0: Yeah, no, a lot of people. What about you? Been. A lot of people. We met. Been. We
1: met really early on.
0: You know, it's crazy because you know, I did. I met a lot of people early yeah. on, and then it seems like now I go in the morning time. There's a breakfast with champions. I go on there, and there's some people in there. I just love the energy. And then at nighttime, there's some entertainment with uh, JT Fox and Grant Cardone and John Legere from T-Mobile and and a bunch of other people that come into this room, and it's just kind of funny. I, I I get a kick out of it, so it's better than watching TV, you know. So, but that's pretty much it. And I'll pop in here or there, but it's not like it was. It's just it's kind of weird because it's yeah. such a great way to meet people.
1: I know. I've also met some incredible people who I know I'll be speaking to for a very long time. Yeah, and some w- mind-blowing opportunities as well that I never expected, and real beautiful friendships. But it has changed a lot. And also my time zones changed, So that changes the experience as well with it being predominantly US-based. right? Um, but yeah, 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 I'm not on it so much.
0: All right. Final question, Nikki. First of all, thank you for being here, by the way. Thank Appreciate you for you having me. Uh, and the question uh, that we always wrap up with, The Rocket Fuel Law, which is the book I wrote. It's a bestseller sitting back here behind me. Uh, it's all about converting setbacks and become unstoppable, taking everything that would slow down the normal human being or stop them and storing it in your fuel tank so that you can convert it into fuel rather than your trunk where most people keep their things and weighs them down. And if you can do this, you become unstoppable. What has that meant to you in your life and your career?
1: Mm, beautiful. Well, what's coming up for me when I hear you talk about that and talk about rocket fuel is, is when my mom died when I was 21 and we were super close and it was the end of my degree and I realized I have a choice. My mom's gone. Am I going to let that destroy this next phase and my degree and and everything that I have ahead of me? Or am I going to let it fuel it and prove to my mom that I can do even better than she even would have expected? And I realized that I had a choice and I made that choice. And of course, I chose a second and got a first in my degree and jumped straight into a really great career. And of course, I was still grieving my mom and it's really sad to lose something you, you love, of course, and we all do in life. It's part of life. Our society is not very good at talking about it. But, you know, just realizing that I have a choice, I think was the most important thing because sometimes we feel like things are done to us and we're a victim. And sometimes we feel comfortable being the victim as well. You know, especially the more you've been in that mindset in your lifetime, the more it's a comfortable place for you to exist. So I think just knowing that we have a choice and that we can experience life and decide what mindset we're going to have in every moment.
0: Great answer. Love it. Responsibility, man. Responsibility. And we are not stuck. That's only yeah. a story that we tell ourselves. Exactly.
1: So. It's your life.
0: Nikki, great interview. <laughs> I appreciate you being here. You guys have been listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C Rock. You can be unstoppable too. Go get that rocket fuel book, mikeserock.com forward slash book. Come unstoppable. Until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikesirock.com, themikesirock, with no K, dot com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, mikecirock.com forward slash book. That's Mike C-R-O-C.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.